I'll be back. Was that pretty good? I think that was pretty good. All right, we're going to roll with that. Perhaps one of the most iconic lines in American cinema history, those three words are uttered by legendary action movie star Arnold Schwarzenegger as he plays the role of the T-800 from the Terminator series. The machine who was originally sent back through time to eliminate the leader of the human resistance against the machines, only to return in the sequel and protect the very person he was sent previously to destroy. Did you get all that? Yes, it's a bit of a mind-bender. But in terms of execution, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is one of the best sequels to have graced the silver screen. By throwing its audience a curveball and making the previous film's villain into the next film's titular hero, director James Cameron gives us a taste of what it can look like when a character takes a complete 180 in terms of what drives or motivates him. Which brings us to the topic at hand. Schwarzenegger's line is famous for the way he delivers it, but for someone like myself and for the sake of this podcast, the line holds an even deeper meaning. The phrase, I'll be back, is a promise. It says, I won't leave you. I'll come back for you, no matter what. And by this point in the story, the Terminator has established itself as an unstoppable force, a beacon of reliability and courage. So when he utters that phrase, the audience knows he'll do precisely what he says he will do. They don't know how he'll pull it off, but in the end, they know he'll prevail. It's this attitude and persona that appears to be sorely missed in our culture. It's the macho dad, the strong masculine figure, if you will, something noticeably absent from many conversations, if not from popular media. Is such a person officially extinct? And can the 21st century welcome such a man back into the fray? I'm J.C. Alfelto for The Writer's Lens, and this is episode 75, The Terminator and Near Extinct Macho Dad. back to the writer's lens i am your host jc alfelto get ready for another kick butt episode here uh because we're talking about a real kick butt character in the form of the terminator the terminator uh from arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> um trust you've been enjoying these analysis episodes uh, this is one of my favorites as a kid which really should have never been a favorite considering the level of violence uh that you find in it but you can blame that one on my parents for maybe being absent when I snuck around to watch it. But that, hey, that's a whole other story we could go down in a rabbit hole. <laughs> but anyway, uh, today we're talking about a really fun topic known as masculinity. Ooh, masculinity. When I, the moment I say that, the moment I say that, I, I feel as though I invite lots and lots of chatter and static on the subject, especially out there in internet land when it comes to masculinity because I'm sure that when you've heard this term you probably like I said have a perception of it like just saying the term masculinity evokes an image in people's minds what do they think of what comes to the brain when you hear the term masculinity uh for me uh you know when I when I think of masculinity I think of a you know like a tough dude you know like oh that that guy's very masculine and if you if you dive into this idea of masculinity and what it's for what it's worth it really is a trait that's most closely attributed to men. Uh, descriptors like handsome, okay, rather than pretty or beautiful, would be masculine. Okay, it'd be a means by which to describe someone who is a, you know, very masculine figure. Uh, perhaps being highly muscular could be another one. Okay, so these are some somewhat physical characteristics that you would associate with a very masculine individual. Because if we were to say that masculinity uh, was courage or bravery and self-sacrifice, okay, and, and, and if we were to say that these were masculine-only traits, okay, that would be doing a disservice to women out there because 
women can exhibit those same traits. You know, women can be courageous. They can be brave. They can be self-sacrificing. In fact, in many ways, women can be more self-sacrificing than men when it comes to certain certain things. Uh, so this is a bit of a conundrum, right? It's a conundrum in our culture because at large, the public perception of masculinity uh, doesn't necessarily know what to do with it because there's been so much surrounding the term that we've almost lost what it is to be masculine. We've lost what this idea of masculinity really is. Uh, in fact, it's been really set off by uh, uh, another popular phrase known as toxic masculinity. Okay, again, talking in the wake of the Me Too movement and all of the sort of powers out there, women in prominent positions who have spoken out, women not in prominent positions who have spoken out thanks to the internet, talking about how men have abused positions of influence and authority uh, for their own personal gain, and then calling it toxic masculinity. So there's a lot of, just a lot of, lot of stuff out there that people don't agree with when it comes to this idea of masculinity and the associations of what it means to sort of be a macho good dude, right? Now, this leads us directly into the Terminator. And I wanted to use the Terminator as an example for this episode because the Terminator, to me, it's not because he's a robot, and I'm not saying that men have to be robots and they have to be killing machines to be masculine. That's, that is not the point of this podcast. It's not the point of this episode whatsoever. So, guys, if you're listening to this, it's not what I'm telling you to do. Ladies, that's not who I'm telling you to look for. Don't wait for that machine to be made by, you know, SpaceX or Tesla or, or NASA or something like that. It's not what I'm saying. What I am going to say, though, in this episode is that this concept of masculinity can be redeemed for something really good in the same sense that something that's feminine can can be as well. Because if there's one term we don't hear out there, it's the idea of toxic femininity. Is that even a thing? Does that even exist? Uh, has it ever existed, right? Uh, and that could probably be a whole other episode itself. But for the sake of conversation, and we will kind of come back to that once in a while about this idea of, of femininity perhaps going awry, uh, Let's stay focused on the near-extinct macho dad concept, this, this masculine man's man idea, and, and go at it from there. So it's like, what does the macho dad, you know, what, what, what does the man's man even look like, right? Like, what, what does that look like? When you think about it, what comes to mind? Now, when I think of the man's man, I picture sort of a grizzled, uh, roughed up, individual who works on cars, who wears uh, a white t-shirt, jeans perhaps, uh, hands are covered in oil, um, doesn't have to be a smoker or a drinker. Uh, I would say neither of those things are, are required. But I think of a person that is able to take the masculine characteristics of themselves. So the more physical uh points that we talked about earlier about how men are men are built to be more rugged than women just period okay physically speaking men are built to be more rugged their bodies are made in such a way that they are supposed to sort of test them in a very physical sense that will exceed that of a woman's physical limitations now again i'm not saying that women are inferior to men okay this is not the point of this podcast okay but i i feel it bears repeating because i know there will people that will that will listen to that and go, oh, you're saying that that women are not as good as men. No, that's not what I'm saying. I will say that men are faster than women, by and large. Okay, that's why we still have 100-meter dashes where men compete and women compete um, solo. All right, 
But men's bodies, by and large, because of the way that they're they're made, are meant to be more rugged. And I'm not saying they're meant to be abused, but I'm saying that they can take a little bit more just because of their physical nature. This is not, again, to say that women can't take physical strain, but their strain is a much different kind. They bear children, for crying out loud. Women bear children, which is probably the most strain a body can actually take without actually dying. Uh, that is something uh, semi-natural that happens. Uh, whereas men, the idea of men being pregnant and giving birth is is frightening to me beyond belief. And not only that, uh, the idea that I would ever have to give birth is also incredibly frightening to think <laughs> to think that I could even give birth to a child. Uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about that. If if men were responsible for procreating the human race and getting pregnant, there would only be like a hundred people in the world. There would only be a few hundred, if that, if men were the ones that actually had to give birth, then there would be a significant less amount of, of people in the, uh, in the world operating. So, so that's, well, that's one of the things we have to keep in mind. But anyway, the man's man, okay, the man's man is the guy who gets his hands dirty, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, uh, knows the ins and outs of things, you know, can tune up a car, right, knows the difference between low voltage and high voltage wire, <laughs> okay, or or it can change a tire, uh, understands, uh, you know, how to operate the lawnmower or the leaf blower correctly, right, can cut a tree down, okay, can build a log cabin if need be, um, can sell you a car effectively that's not going to leave you high and dry. Okay, there's, there's a lot of things that the man's man and what this image is supposed to entail. And I think there's a ruggedness that comes with it. Uh, I'm not saying savage. I'm not saying untamed or unkempt. But this ability to walk into very dirty environments, to walk into potentially rough environments, environments that would be difficult to manage uh, from a physical standpoint and, and be able to overcome them essentially, is what the man's man has always seemed to be. And there's a lot of books on this. There's a lot of talking points on this, that the idea that, you know, the man who spends his time in the library and his hands are soft uh, is sort of the anti-man's man. You know, the intellectual is the anti-man's man. Now, I don't believe that's true at all. I think that uh, men can be, or men should be as intellectual as they are rugged in some sense. I think it makes us for a more complete individual. Uh, uh, so there are a lot of stereotypes of, you know, the man's man is, is uneducated. He only works at a baseline of, of principles. I don't think that's true whatsoever. Okay. I know a lot of really smart guys who also are very rugged and know their way around a lot of different things. So, uh, so it's possible. It's not as though it's a one size fits all kind of deal. But in the context of the Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who of course bears the man's man kind of image, okay, the, the macho dad, because he's just a huge individual, he's a big guy. The character that he portrays in Terminator 2 comes off as being the macho dad because of the fact that he exemplifies the ideals of the uh, engaged and attentive father. It's not so much that he can blast shotguns and kill dozens of people at a time or because he's this unstoppable force that's made of metal and really he can't be killed and in some sense he can always be rebuilt. Those are just sort of anecdotal, or not anecdotal, those are sort of ancillary things that are, are part of his character. But it's truly more so the fact that 
he is totally engaged with the mission before him. He's invested in protecting John Connor. He's invested in protecting Sarah Connor. He's invested in watching out for them. He's not afraid to go into tough places. He's uh, willing to learn from each of them, from Sarah and from John. Uh, but at the same time, he's willing to provide his expertise when necessary, which in the case of the Terminator, his expertise is usually terminating people <laughs> or something like that. But but you get the you get the idea. He is despite being the biggest one out of the three of them, and despite being the one who is sort of the, the macho, rugged guy, he's kind of like the lead servant, okay? He's the guy serving the two of them uh, as best he can because he has the physical capabilities to do so. And this is really what, to me, drives the macho dad concept, is the macho dad is not some guy who's distant, who's off washing his car, who works a 12 hour, now there can be guys that work these 12 hour shifts and never see their families, you know, just for financial reasons. But he's not this disengaged, inattentive, or unattentive, I guess, uh, individual. That's not who the macho dad is. The macho dad, the, uh, the great man, if you will, is engaged. He knows his kids' ins and outs, he learns from his children, he teaches his children. Uh, he learns from his wife. He teaches his wife new things. Uh, he's not this guy that sits in his man cave all night and doesn't care what goes on above him. That's not what the macho dad is. That's not what the, uh, you know, the man's man does. And when we talk about the extinct macho dad, the extinct man's man, that's what I think is really in danger of happening in our culture because so many guys are disengaged. So many guys are isolated. So many guys are living on their own islands that they're not engaged with their families. They're not even engaged with the day-to-day -day things that are going on. They're they're tinkering with toys. They're they're holding on to things when they were when like when they were boys. They still have all these guys nights where they hang out and fart and spit and and those and that's fine. Okay, that's, <laughs> I'm not saying that guys shouldn't be doing that stuff because I've I've had um, guys nights myself, uh, even being married with three kids now. But those are few and far between. Those are few and far between. And to me, honestly, when I have an opportunity for a guy's night versus spending a good night with my wife or with my kids, yeah, it's attractive to just kind of uh, hang out with the guys once in a while and, and not have to worry about what the kids are eating off the floor or, or something like that. Um, or if my wife's looking for like a foot rub or something. But the peace of mind that I get from being with my family is is greater now than what it was when I was single, and I could just hang out with dudes all the time. I've found greater uh, peace. I've found greater uh, purpose, perhaps, and meaning to the things I do by having a family, by having a wife, by having children that I've been blessed with. Um, I'm not saying these are transactional things that you can just acquire overnight, all right? These are things that build up over time and you come to realize. But as the macho dad image goes, the man's man, I would want myself to be the man's man, macho man, because that's how my kids see me. And that's what they expect of me, is that dad can do anything. Uh, you know, ask anyone, ask any father who has kids, who has sons or daughters, what are, you know, probably what's the most primary thing that your, your young child wants to do with you when you're the dad in the family? They want to wrestle you. They want to climb all over you. They want to test your strength. They want to test their strength against you. That's what my kids do all the time. They wrestle me. They jump on me. They're, they're poking and prodding me constantly. And I know you're just, you're probably thinking to yourself, how does that give you peace and clarity, 
doesn't a night out with drinking a couple of cold brews with friends sound more attractive than being jumped all over? Well, yes and no, okay? Yes and no. There's a time and a place for everything. But in terms of making the investment and being attentive to my children and being attentive to my wife, being attentive to my home, I mean, these are things that really, uh, you know, grab me as a priority now. You know, I don't have the priority of going out and causing a nuisance around town and all these other kinds of things. You know, I, I have more responsibility. Now. I have more accountability that I need to be taking now that I'm a husband and a father. And in the long scheme of things, I, I think that actually gives me more peace of mind than it did when I was single. And I was like, well, what, what am I supposed to be doing with myself? Uh, this is not to say that everybody has to get married and have kids. Okay, that's, that's also not what I'm trying to say in this episode. That's... Uh, it helps, I think, but it's not everybody's mission in life is as as far as guys go or the macho dad or the man's man. There are several man's man kind of guys that I know of that are not married and uh, don't have any kids. And they are very invested and very attentive to the communities that they're in and to the people that they're engaged with. Okay. So again, what is it about the Terminator that makes him the man's man? What makes him the macho dad type? It's his attentiveness. It's his engagement. It's his ability to lean in and serve John Connor and Sarah Connor uh, in some way. And as I said before, or maybe I'll have to backtrack because I might have edited it out. Sarah Connor makes this great point towards the end of the story where she sees John and the Terminator playing together they're playing like you know uh what is it that hot hands game like uh, up high to the side down low i play this with my own son liam quite a bit uh she makes this observation she says something to the extent of seeing john with the with the machine it all became so clear that the terminator would never stop okay and i'm just going off memory here i'm not trying to read this off the internet she said the terminator would never stop that it would always be there to protect him. It would never get drunk and hit him. It would never say it was too busy to spend time with him or not play catch or something like that. It would always be there for him. And I think as Sarah goes on to say, she says something to the extent of, in an insane world, it was the sanest choice to create a machine that could do this for him, that could do this for young people, because the history of humanity and sort of bad dads has really scarred generation after generation because... There are a lot of great dads out there. There are a lot of great husbands out there, okay? I'm, I'm not diminishing that that fact. But the number of them seems to be very few in, in these days. Uh, there need to be more of them. There need to be more men who aren't just on sort of a lukewarm status that are just floating through life, isolated, believing that the man cave is the greatest accomplishment of their lives, uh, that the guy's night is the only thing that matters, uh, it's the only time they can actually get away from the wife or get away from the kids and all these kinds of things. Uh, you know, what are the areas that we run to? What are the spaces that we run to? Do we, do we run towards the fight or do we run away from it? And I, th and I do believe that a lot of guys like to run away from it. They run away from the fights. They run away from the priorities, from responsibilities because they can, because we do live in a very resourced nation here in America that allows us to do that. We can we can escape into different places and not have to face these things head on. So should we make robots? I, I guess if that's what you're taking from this episode, should we make robots that will ultimately become better dads? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's a really bad idea. <laughs> I don't think that would be a great thing whatsoever. But what I do think we should do is, as men, 
to re-engage the man's man and the macho dad is to recognize what makes the man's man, what makes the macho dad. And that is the attentiveness, the, the recognizing priorities. Uh, again, you don't have to be married. You don't have to, you have, to have a bunch of children. Uh, but it is being more of a lead servant. It's being a servant. It's not so much having massive muscles and being made of uh, metal uh, endoskeleton or, or speaking with an Austrian accent. Those things may help, but they are not going to ultimately encompass everything about the man's man or the 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 you know the, the great masculine man that I think so many women and so many kids are looking for. Those those qualities are are, are those characteristics are not that we're, what we're looking for. We're looking ultimately for those lead servant uh, traits that make for the man's man in the first place. So so that's Terminator 2, what's, what, what it's all about. It's all about fatherhood. It's all about being the man's man, right? I mean, that's what Terminator 2 Judgment Day is all about. It's the judgment day upon men. <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, and, uh, and because of, uh, you know, again, uh, just as we bring this in for a landing, because of the fact that uh, there have been a lot of really bad examples of guys out there, there you've, we've gotten this really bad term called toxic masculinity that just runs rampant now all over the internet and all over in people's minds. And we have mansplaining now that exists and, and we've blanketed that across all men when they try to explain things. Uh, and we have the counter arguments for those now. We have femsplaining. We have, t- and there's uh, toxic femininity, I guess, if that exists in some sense. I'm not sure what that would be other than, you know, perhaps, you know, maybe uh, prostitution or something. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I knew, I know I said I'd come back to it eventually, so I, I'm keeping my promise, but I'm not going to to really delve into that. Maybe that'll be for another episode. So if you can think of a of a story that encompasses toxic femininity, I'd love to hear about it. Hit me up at jclfelta.com or, or hit me up uh, via email or message on Facebook or one of the other uh, big tech institutions. I just got done doing an episode on big tech, so that's why it's <laughs> fresh of mind. So hit me up on one of those platforms if you have an idea about that, and I'll, I'll do my best to dive into it, dissect it, and then bring you some premier content on that subject. So until next time, guys, stay safe out there. The, the coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, continues to run rampant out there. So stay safe, stay healthy. Until next time we meet, I'm J.C. Alfelto for The Writer's Lounge.